0: welcome to the Rock Lives Here podcast. I'm your host, Scott Smith. If you're new to Rock Lives Here, then head on over to rockliveshere.com.au. Also, definitely keep up to date by subscribing to the Rock Lives Here mailing list and following Rock Lives Here on all the usual social media channels. All the links for those in the show notes below and over at rockliveshere.com.au. In this latest episode, I'm going to be chatting with Melbourne guitar legend Zach Zedris about the upcoming Red Circle digital release for their album, All We Are, an album that I first become familiar with way back in the early 2000s. It was never officially released. I was lucky enough to receive a promo copy back then. And here in 2020, it's being released on all digital platforms in the next couple of weeks. I guess Red Circle, if you weren't familiar, a a Melbourne-based band who at the time, seemed poised to bring back anthemic and epic rock to the local scene. Back then, we were riding the wave out of new Metal. It was an era when we were just learning to discover music via MySpace. MySpace was only just sort of coming in. In the USA, we had bands such as Marvelous 3, SR71 and American Hi-Fi who were bringing back the guitar solo, anthemic choruses and a touch of that 80s hard rock attitude. Locally, Motor Ace were delivering their monster riffs. Jet were on the runway, about to take off, and Electric Mary were just kicking into a gear. I think you know they were playing their uh, their really early shows back in the the early two thousands. And in the midst of this was Red Circle. Before I kick into the interview with Zach, I thought we would play one of the songs from that album. This is The World That I See that, uh, you know, it was written way back 20 odd years ago, but right now it's uh, lyrically as relevant as ever. And it's almost as though it was a bit of a premonition of what we're now dealing with here in 2020. So he's Red Circle, The World That I See. And on the other side of that, my chat with Zach Zedrist, a lead vocalist and guitarist from Red Circle.
1: It's no one's fault to guess a trick that just affects your mind. Just wait and see yourself the way that a tomorrow brings.
0: Zach, it's great to have a chat this afternoon about the mighty Melbourne band Red Circle that uh, I guess personally I first discovered about 16, 17 years ago and um, the name has been uh, popping up a little bit recently and we have the great news that the album All We Are is getting a digital release. Just firstly, just correct me if I'm wrong because my memory is sort of fading a little bit, did that album actually get officially released back in the day or is this its first Proper release as such?
2: It was close to being released twice. Um, initially, we got a uh, deal with a company in the UK called Now and Then Records. They signed us on the strength of our demos. So we, re- we recorded the album for them and then um, they went bust. Or I think that the guy that was running the label, he, he, he just wanted out. Um, and then we had some interest from... Melodic Rock Records. Um, And we had to, there's a few things we had to, we were going to do before we gave it to Andrew. And and then, and then life just moved on. Like, um, I I think by then the band disbanded really. So it was, um, and and then, you know, we'd all moved on and thought that would be that. Why
0: now? I guess, uh, you know, sort of what led to. This album now, uh, you know, feeling like it's a great time in 2020 to, to release it.
2: Well, I'm going to blame COVID for it. Really, yeah, okay. it's, it's um, sitting around doing nothing, really. Um, I, initially, I was talking to uh, Darren, uh, my manager that manages Starfish, Darren Danielson, drummer for Chocolate Starfish. Um, we were talking one day and he said, Oh, you got any stuff?" Because he wanted to put it out with um, you know, sort of have all of us write and have a little collective of stuff on um Spotify. Yep. And I said, Yeah. And I went through, you know, got tons of demos and and then I I kind of found this and went, Ah, well, I've got this album and he goes, Cool, cool, cool. Um, I'll put it out. So and and we didn't think about it for a while and then every sort of month or two I'd Email him or call him and say, "What's, the, what's your vibe in red circle?" And he goes, "Yeah, yeah, i have just got to get a few things out of the way and I'll do it." Cool, cool. Uh, we a few months ago, I text him again, "What's yeah. happening?" Oh yeah, just got. And then COVID started. He goes, "Yeah, yeah, I just got to get because he's he's always busy. It's very hard to even get him on the phone sometimes." <laughs> and he goes, "Look, man, I just got to get a few things out of the way and I'll put it out." And then a couple of weeks ago, I rang him. I said. What's happening? He goes, look, um, you know what? Um, you should put it out yourself. Yeah. And he, he told me what to do and he said, you know, just you take control of it and do it all. And I'm glad I did, you know, like it's it's cool. It's a good um, little exercise.
0: I think the exciting thing for, for me having been a fan of this album and still listening to it regularly over all those years is that, now there's going to be a whole lot more people that will uh, discover the awesomeness of these songs and, uh, and the album. So.
2: Yeah. Thanks. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's just, um, actually a, a great relief to finally know it's coming out because, um, <laughs> over the years, I, you know, see you or, or bump into people and they're like, Oh that Red Circle album. Yeah. You know. I'm just glad it's just
0: coming out. Talking there about uh, about having your manager Darren, uh, you know, sort of giving the initial uh, sort of the initial push to release it, and then you know you obviously going back and listening to it, him listening to it, sort of what's your what's your vibe on the album here in 2020, listening to it again in terms of how do you how do you feel that it that it holds up in terms of where. Where rock music has, uh, I guess, headed in in you know in in that last well, it's effectively two decades you know since um, uh you know since it was initially recorded. So sort of. yeah, what what was your initial take on it? Revisiting it
2: when I hear it, I, I still think it sounds pretty cool. Um, I but you know that probably sounds pretty arrogant, but usually you know yeah you don't go around and listen to your own stuff. But I don't cringe when I hear it, so mm. I reckon that that's a good sign. I'm 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 proud of what we did. I, I don't know how it fits into modern music because you know honestly I, I sort of I don't listen to it really. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to explain to somebody what style of music it is and I is it melodic rock? I don't know what what is it. I don't know even how to explain it to people. But it, it's melodic. It's rock.
0: There's a little bit of magic about it. There's a bit of freshness to the music that's still you know that still exists. Listening to it, you know, here in 2020. And just something that's, yeah, just that different thing. I think I, I'm kind of similar to you in that I, I can't really, if I was to describe it to someone as well, I I wouldn't refer to it necessarily as melodic rock. I know that's sort of the, that's probably the the ballpark that it might kind of, you know, people might sort of put it in with. But, you know, maybe if it was released 10 years ago, it probably would have got in the midst of all the melodic rock stuff. I feel like melodic rock has started to become a little, uh, a little boring, a lot of it. You know, in some regards, a lot of the newer bands and and predictable. Not not all bands, but I think that's where Red Circle stands out. Yeah, that like when you compare it to some of the, you know, if someone was to say melodic rock, it's like, well, no, it's not melodic rock. It's sort of mo- modern rock. But uh, but yeah, this modern just, rock. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, there is this something that you know just sets something different in that that energy. Like the, you know, songs like uh, I guess opening everlasting and and beautiful. You know, they're they're. Uh, you don't really hear a lot of that these days or even back in, you know, the early 2000s. It was, you know, just said something very different.
2: Cool. That's good. It's good to hear that that description because, yeah, yeah, look, you, you, when we started writing, we didn't, I guess it was the culmination of both our influences because they were very different and we we were just writing songs that we liked and, and we were trying not to, I guess we are trying to avoid the cliches but uh, what's a cliche it's, it's so hard it's so hard to describe your own stuff you
0: know when you say we um so that's uh Clintz and yourself was that the, yes. the yeah the, yes. the the key songwriting team for red circle
2: definitely yeah. um um we yeah we co-wrote well there's a couple that that Clint wrote by himself, and there's a couple that I wrote by myself. But generally, e- even those ones, w- when we we're uh, once we got brought them to the to, I guess the band, but that's the the other two. Um, we always still, if, if he wrote something that I, that I really didn't like, we didn't pursue it, or vice versa. You know, like it was very much always a collective. We're a team. Mm. Can
0: you remember back? uh back in the sort of that time that you were writing for Red Circle, you sort of spoke there a little bit before about, you know, writing stuff that you liked or, you know, sort of maybe influenced a little bit by what you were listening to back then. But if I kind of cast my mind back then, I was thinking there's maybe bands like Waltham, you probably had Marvelous 3 on the tail end, Butch Walker solo stuff, the likes Um, of... I was definitely
2: listening to Marvelous 3 around that time. And so... I, I can you could say that there is a parallel there they, they were a three piece as well and yeah. um we're kind con- kind of going for that I mean there's a little bit of the pop thing in there although well you know, um but they were not an influence but were definitely I, I, was, I was I was kind of obsessed with them at that point yeah almost to the point where um these days like I I listen to them too much I can't listen to them. <laughs> Um, but I yeah they've definitely been played.
0: like you, you think back then it's like melodic rock hadn't even made a resurgence really in in was, sort of the early two thousands, yeah. It
2: was a strange time because it was, you know, I guess um that era of hair metal and all of that was was dead and it was really uncool, right? So a mm. lot of musicians from that era were reinventing themselves. Um, in, in in sort of this style, which was, uh, I guess, power pop or rock, whatever the, the cool term was, um, so it was it was actually a real. There was a lot of interesting stuff coming out because people were not not trying to be in that uh, again, quite unquote hair metal genre. Mm, mm.
0: Lead vocal wise, the majority of the songs are yours is it? It's song, Is it new?
2: Correct. Yeah.
0: Any any songs that you can recall that that Clint might have also been uh, pushing to to do lead vocals on, or it wasn't really that kind of. Um... Nah, he
2: he he never pushed um, to to sing. It was, I think that that song knew, and there's a couple of others that that I've got recordings of. Um, he would present a demo and he's singing on it, and I said, "That's awesome, just keep singing," <laughs> you know. <laughs>
0: Any tracks uh, that, I guess, you know, again, we're talking about a, a decent time span, the um, you know, the 17 years, and obviously from a lyrical point of view, I guess, you know, things that you were writing about back then, um, you know, it would be different to where things are at now. But uh, any songs that you feel have taken on more of a meaning or a new meaning or you've, you know, sort of gained more of an appreciation for um, sort of here in 2020?
2: Well, definitely uh, the song The World That I See is yeah. very applicable to right now. Um, yeah. Massively, you know. Um, I heard that the other day. I went far out. A lot of the initial songs, sort of half of them were written maybe 99, 2000. Um, so that period, you know, I was going through a, a, a breakup. Um, so when I hear those, not when I hear the lyrics, but, when I hear the recordings, I can kind of feel what I was going through at the time, and, yeah. and then uh, um, we—I think we completed it maybe around two thousand and two or something. Um, and by then, I was uh, in love with the love of my life, so and, and those songs reflect that too. So they're all, you know, they're—they're they're cool. They're—they're they're real, you know. The nothing was. Um, What's the word? They're all about what I was going through in my life at the time.
0: Have yourself and Clint actually been writing uh, writing songs? You know, sort of recently with the, um, you know, with the promise of a new red. Well, sorry, not new Red Circle album, but the the release of the album. But yeah, have, have you and Clint been writing That's at all? That's
2: very interesting. Look, um, Clint and I text each other quite regularly, and and, and but you know, we. we oh, I'd love to write with Clint again, but we sort of live on other sides of town, and yeah, yeah got kids and stuff, it's it's something I'd love to do in, in the future. Who, who knows what will happen next year, you know? Um, I was even the other day I thinking, even if we did one gig next year, it'd be really cool. Because I remember a couple of years ago, I, I texted the guys and said, how do you feel about doing a gig? And everybody was up for it. Yeah. Um, but it's it's just finding time. It's very difficult. Because you'd have to, you know, again, rehearse a, a long time and then there's so much effort into just putting a gig together, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Um, the, the idea is very romantic, though.
0: Uh, what, uh, you know, sort of what are some of your memories of, uh, of gigging with Red Circle back in the day? Because, you know, you, you were active on the, on the live circuit whilst, you know, the album may not have officially been released. You know, you guys were uh, reasonably active some uh, some good yeah, memories
2: um, that were great actually I, I um pulled out a hard drive the other day and found all these photos and 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 sort of um ads we did for impress and and beat and and the, there wasn't even social media and i guess <laughs> no, there was wasn't. myspace
0: yeah myspace i think was just kicking off yeah i'm,
2: I'm trying to remember how we advertised for gigs it's weird um and and yeah so we we did all the we were getting good crowds at all the, the the cool venues. Like the Duke was very popular. Um, Revolver. We, we we played at Mercury Lounge, um, the Corner, and we did really well. And we, we were headlining shows and had had a good following. It was a good vibe. Mm. Either Evelyn, we played, um, and I loved it. We were. It was. Those were good days.
0: And I think if I recall, I may have only seen you guys live once, I think. The SB Front Bar, was it with electric mirroring and tear gas?
2: Yeah, I think that SB. SB. Uh, yeah. Missed that place.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot of, um, yeah, reeling off those venues and, and that. It's like, wow, you know, it's, uh, well, again, even, you know, even the fact that some of those venues don't exist anymore, but now just the, you know, again, the, the thought of uh, of live music as well, you know, even talking about that and you know, sort of the yeah, I'm trying not to think,
2: trying to think too much about it because I get I I get sad, you know. Like it, it, it was such a good scene then, and and so many people would come out to see live bands. I um I just yeah I it was so healthy, you know. So I just hope it gets back to something like that.
0: On, on the uh, Red Circle Facebook page, which uh, for those listening, definitely look that up. But, yeah, there's certainly some very passionate um, comments from people, you know, obviously with their memories of the gigs and, and the albums. So I really hope that, uh, you know, the, the release of this album is going to get, uh, you know, some interest, you know, just for people to actually hear, hear the songs that, you know, they would have heard live and, you know, not have had the opportunity to, uh, to listen to over the years because It hasn't been released, so
2: yeah, it was. I mean, look, live, I, I, I think I reckon we're, we're a great live band, and and well, you know, it, it sounded huge and just for a three piece, you know. And um, I, yeah, as you said, I'm just happy to get it out to, to people that have always asked for it and um, people who hear
0: it. Mm-hmm. I first would have seen you um, playing with Red Circle as a vocalist. So I guess that's where my memories of if you have been, uh, you know, as a vocalist uh, before guitarist, so to speak. But so one question for you in terms of vocally, who, who have some of your, you know, kind of key, uh, do you have any key influences in a vocal sense?
2: Not, not really, because all my favourite singers are just all these am- amazing dudes like, you know, Robert Plant and Coverdale and all those guys. But, so initially, the only reason I sang on these was that I sang on the demos and we I think we might have briefly considered getting a singer, but we both looked at each other and went, nah, <laughs> because <laughs> um, we, we were really happy in our little – cocoon together writing songs and, and, and doing that. I mean it really just started off as a as a project to kind of muck around on Pro Tools, which was still kind of new. Mm. So we're like, let's write some songs together. Mm. And we just kept writing more and more and more. And then then we thought let's record them properly with with a drummer. And then we kind of did that and then and then we started playing live and then we said let's record them properly, properly in in a proper studio.
1: Yeah,
2: and it just grew and grew, and the, the the thought of getting a we just didn't want to add. I'm not going to bag at singers here, but you know there are different there are different cats, and, and it's a different dynamic having a lead singer in a band. Um,
0: that's
2: yeah, it's not a it's not a, a, a dig at lead singers at all. <laughs> Sorry, excuse me. Um,
0: no, and and I guess it's also you know if you throw in the um, throw into the mix the fact that you know, you, you were writing the songs and, and uh, I guess that also adds a, a different slant on if you, you know, as you mentioned there, you know, different lyrical uh, sort of influences with those songs. So, you know, in some regards you're like, well, you know, Look I, a lot I of, probably a lot wouldn't of. want someone singing uh, the songs that I've written about my own experiences kind of thing as well. So potentially. A lot of but, singers
2: I like as singers with very unique voices too. Like yeah. I, I love like um, Phil Liner, um even – even somebody like Ozzy, who people people think Ozzy's a terrible singer, but he, I think his his melodies and, and and like his voice is iconic, and and the melodies he he does. Uh, I, I like unique singers. Yeah, and I, I'll put myself in that category. <laughs> <laughs> it is
0: it is certainly interesting, yeah, and particularly eighties like growing up in the 80s and uh, a lot of the hard rock bands and you kind of listen now and you, yeah, you just focus on the singers, as you said, outside of, you know, the the, the awesome names that you mentioned. But yeah, they, they, they definitely were each rather unique. You know, if you look at the likes of uh, Stephen Piercy from Rat or Vince Neil or David Coverdale, or you know, it's... They See, are. Really... I, love,
2: I, I love Rat. <laughs> mm.
0: There's another very... Um,
2: but a lot of people go, oh man, I can't get past his vocals, but yeah. they just suit that band and... I think that they had they had the singer from Love Hate singing them for it. You can't. I something like where Motley had John Karabi, You know, yeah. It was a cool album, but they should have called it something else.
0: A whole um, discussion. And about, a whole other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, you have alluded a few times to again sort of I've mentioned things about having uh, demos and other. Other tracks lying around. I guess when you look at um, like a Serpentine Sky, about four or five years ago, with that album, you've now got Red Circle. Is there any other uh, potential awesomeness that you've uncovered from uh, you know your uh, your career that might also see uh, some light of day in that hard drive of yours?
2: Um, there might be. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We'll have to wait and see. Uh,
2: yeah, look, it, it's, I think things come up from time to time and, and, and it's the right time to release it. Um, yeah, this was the right time now. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we've I've got almost another full, uh, well, like an EP of Red Circle stuff that we recorded and uh didn't or, or once I once I wasn't good enough for this album but it just didn't fit like initially we we the initial album was going to always be like um 12 tracks yeah and yeah. then then we recorded two more as sort of bonus tracks I, I think when we we're talking to um Andrew McNeese because oh, he he loved bonus tracks <laughs> Yeah, um, but I'm I'm just trimming it back because I, I think 14 tracks is too much.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it said hold hold back a few a few tracks. As you said, gives you a sort of a, a, a kickstart for um, another EP. Which um, how
2: much could they put on, on on a vinyl album back in the day? It was eight tracks, I think. You know. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I think it was eight. Um, Van Halen albums go for half an hour.
0: Yep, half an hour of awesomeness. So, oh, yeah yeah so yeah as I said the you know the track listing might have often been uh, you know some bands might be feeling like uh we maybe haven't got strong uh, you know kind of strong lineup of songs here we need uh, need to jam in 17 songs so people feel like they're getting their money's worth even though it could be a lot of filler
2: yeah look you every, yeah as a listener or a fan of other bands I I, I just get fatigued and you know usually because it's iTunes I'll, I'll I'm pretty brutal. These days, when I listen to music, I listen to an album a few times, and I think you kind of know if you're going to like a track or not. I'll just quickly, I might just delete it or, or or come back to it in a month and go, I knew I didn't like that song. I, I guess everybody's like that now, you know. You just make up your your playlist or your album list and keep the songs you like. And
1: yeah.
2: So uh, again, I, I'm sure every band does this, but we're, we're trying to do all killer, no filler. And I mean, that's up to people to decide what what are the fillers. But
0: mm. that's going to be different for everyone if they uh, determine that there is filler, because we all uh, all get that's different correct. different meaning from different uh, different songs. So one uh, one question for you, just talking there about you know albums and and listening to stuff. Um, what was the last great album that you actually listened to? And it could be an album that, you know, is a classic album. It's just more, yeah, what was the, you know, what was the last album that you actually listened to uh, from song one through to song eight or whatever it might have been?
2: Oh, my, my listening these days has changed. I basically, when I listen to music, general, I mean, when I first get an album, I'll check it out, but then I'll just throw it in my iTunes. And generally, I when I'm driving, I have... My you know, I've got over ten thousand I I have my iTunes on shuffle. Yeah, yeah. And depending what mood I'm in, I'll, I'll I've driven home from gigs and, and gone next, 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 <laughs> next. Um I looked at, I, I list I watched that interview the other day with Jerry Cantrell on Gibson TV. So I went back and listened to his solo album, Degradation Trip. Okay. Um and that's killer. I actually, you know, you know, uh
0: monsters by the midnight yeah okay yep is that uh What's the last
2: full album i'll, I'll listen to yeah is that the other day is
0: that i'm trying to think the midnight now um is that their recent album because they released i'm trying to think what the album was kids or something yeah, this, wasn't this it? came that, out last week last week all right i need to listen to that then i didn't realize they had a new album out um <laughs> yeah, it's awesome awesome Good, yeah. So that's where it can be hard with, um, you know, on Spotify where you see tracks come up, and then it's like, now hang on, is this an album? Is it a single release? You know, kind of. You gotta. It can be a bit of work keeping track of things, but there you
2: go. Yeah, I saw uh, they. Um, I think they announced it on their Instagram last week, and um, I love them. I've got all their uh, releases.
0: Mm, no, they are a great band. Yeah, I, I love listening to a lot of that stuff. Um. These days, yeah, sort of that real 80s synthwave kind of vibe.
2: Again, you have to sort of you know, uh, swim through the there's so many. I, I, I do think they're the leaders in, in synth wave, yeah. Um, but, but there's, there's a few other good um acts in that genre,
0: yeah. LeBrock is probably my favorite one
2: out of that, yeah.
0: Yep. Um, got a bit more guitar than uh, than The Midnight, there's sort of a little. A little more heading into sort of the AOR melodic rock. Not not quite there. There's still very much synthwave, but, yeah, just a little more uh, guitar in it. But, yeah, there is some awesome stuff there for sure. And uh, just before we wrap up, Zach, one other thing that obviously people would be very familiar, um, there would be a lot of people that would have seen you with Chocolate Starfish over the last couple of years. Um Chocolate Starfish would have to be, uh, I think, out of you know, all a lot of the bands that have had resurgences in, say, the last four or five years here in Australia. I think that band's the one that seems to have sort of been the sort of the dark horse, so to speak, that's almost risen above all the others. It's like it's it's amazing right. that uh, that I think, yeah, the you know the popularity and just I guess what um, you know what Adam and Chocolate Starfish and you guys have actually built in terms of the following and the, you know, the gigs that you're doing and, you know, things like Bohemian Rhapsody and and Queen, you know, which I'm sure you're not complaining about, getting to play uh, Queen classics uh, around Australia.
2: Oh, look, uh, <laughs> initially um, I didn't want to do it and then, okay. uh, you know, because I, I just have such reverence for 70s Queen and then with a little bit of prodding, I, I decided to get into it and, man, it was it was awesome, and you know some of the gigs. Like, we did this one gig at um, uh, the, the Enmore in Sydney, and probably one of the best gigs I've ever done in my life. It was just one of those gigs where, you know, from the moment you walk on stage, it was you know the the joint was was packed, and mm. it could almost it was almost it didn't it was all it was like what's the word? I, I didn't have to think at all. It was like the, the, we were floating the crowd was just into it and it was everything went right and it was cuz usually there's always something a little thing that nobody'll notice but something that can go wrong maybe even in your mind during a gig then it can throw you for a bit or it was just the perfect gig for me mentally and emotionally um it was great yeah and 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 yeah, getting back to the band I, I think that's just Constant lot doing constant live shows for the last, you know, th- they haven't stopped, and, and and you just build an audience, and our our, our live shows are, are full on, you know. Adam is probably the best frontman in Australia. Not probably. He yeah, is. probably is. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And what was the last studio album? Was that Spider? Was that the last Spider? One? Yeah. Any um, has that been something that you guys have been uh. Considering in the in the last you know particularly most, with the last few months, is there any you know likelihood of uh, another studio album down the track? Or I guess you guys have been so busy, um, you know, up until say a few months ago with the, you know the live stuff. But
2: uh, there's definitely been some writing going on, and cool. um, uh, keep your ears peeled. That's all I say.
0: Excellent. There is a lot of great stuff, yeah. Despite. Uh, despite everything that is going on in the world at the moment, I guess, you know, that is a a good thing for us music lovers that, you know. and
2: and looking at, um, look, hopefully next year everything opens up again. We'll see what happens. But um, we've got already, we've got a full, I've nearly got all of next year booked out. Well, we're very very busy next year. Yeah, great.
0: And again, as I think we were saying, uh, off air as well, you know, with the with the uh, the likelihood of restricted international travel for a period of time, it's you know hopefully once things get back up and running, that uh, it'll be a great period for um you know Aussie rock music to get uh, get some you know some real good uh, good opportunities and good crowds going along for all the uh, definitely you know,
2: um you know people are going to be starved of seeing live bands and uh, there won't be any international activity for a while, so yeah yeah it's going to be great great for the Aussie bands
0: awesome. So Red Circle, all we are, will be out uh, in a few weeks, which will uh, confirm the date. So stay tuned on rockliveshere.com.au. Um, yeah, so that would be a Spotify release. Is that other digital platforms as well? Uh, sort yeah, of...
2: everything. Else. So it's, what is it, Spotify? iTunes. Is it, is it iTunes? Oh, yeah, Apple, Play. Um, there's a, is there a Google one as well? Yeah. I've got the whole list yeah, here. Okay. Um, I guess I should be a little bit more media savvy and tell you all, all the... Oh, yeah, okay. I'll
0: send you the list of all. Look, Zach, it's been uh, been awesome to chat. It's, um,
2: yeah. Thanks for oh. giving me the opportunity, mate. I really appreciate
0: it. Not a problem. It's good to, um, yeah, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of great... Whilst I may have only seen Red Circle, uh, as I said, I'm pretty sure it might have only been once live, but, yeah, I guess my memories were, yeah, definitely having, uh, having had the album for all these years and regularly listening to it, so... Yeah, it's been a lot of awesome memories, um, yeah, with Red Circle. So it's really exciting to see the album finally um, getting an official release and for a lot of people to uh, finally get their ears wrapped around it.
2: Thanks for your support. I really appreciate it.
0: Well, if you want to check out more cool chats, then head on over to rockliveshere.com.au for all the past episodes. Would also love it if you shared this episode with your fellow rock-loving fans, whether they be here in Australia or around the world. Don't stop believing, and I'll catch you in the next episode.